This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome to the Jewish Q's and A's podcast. We are so we are so ecstatic to be launching this brand new program, and I want to bring down the purpose of this podcast. As you know, the very first show it's called the Purpose of Life. So there's a purpose of life, and obviously the purpose of this podcast. What are we here for? So we are here to ultimately bring the questions of the viewers. To, to the mainstream, to the camera, in front of the appropriate uh, speakers, rabbis, educators, however they're classified, and hopefully bring clarity to these questions for our lives, to, to, to take with us for the rest of our lives. By the way, stay tuned at the end of this video for exciting announcements. Of course, viewers can begin submitting questions to our email, which is questionsanswers613 at gmail.com, or you can send me a WhatsApp at 917-558-6263, we will consider all questions that are submitted, and we acknowledge, obviously, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of questions to address, so we'll try to pick and choose the ones that are most relevant to every single person that's going to be watching this, and without further ado, we're going to introduce our very first speakers for tonight. So, how are we feeling about this new program? I know it's something... Uh, Something out of the blue, you know. We started this Jewish Q's and A's, trying to find the truth in many of the things that we go through, different topics. What are your thoughts about engaging in Q's and A's like this? So I'll tell you what a big rabbi once told me when I was speaking to him about, you know, topics and what I should speak about. And he told me something, and I took it to like this very day and how I build all my classes, is that unfortunately nowadays, when you give Shiul uh, Torah, it has to be entertaining. It has to be entertaining. Otherwise, no one's going to be like, oh, okay, you're going to read from a book. Uh, you know, second I say a few Hebrew words, people are like, you know, and never, never mind. <laughs> so this is a nice switch up. It's a nice different uh, way. I have, you know, in all classes, you have people that have their own questions. And sometimes they're too shy. Sometimes, they, And they never come around. So a forum where people can just go and ask, you know, questions, I think is, is unbelievable. Yes. I don't know if I could say this, but, you know, there's, so, but the, um, Yitzhak Breitowitz, right, has a Q&A section. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure that's the most popular of the Shiarim because people, it's so interesting to hear the give and take of what's going on. So I think it's a great idea. Um, happy to be here. Uh, so thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And um, I'm very excited. I think it's really going to be good. And I, I believe we're going to be asking people to send in questions, right? Right, right. We are going to be so. asking people to send in questions. Uh, we've announced the email already. So, uh, so hopefully we'll get some more questions for the next week's show. At the end of the show, stick around because we are going to uh, give the insights for the next week's theme, so that you'll be able to be uh, to be aligned with whatever theme we're gonna we're gonna present for the next week. Abi Rahimi, what are your thoughts about this podcast? Okay, so I think it's a beautiful idea. Hopefully, it's giving matziach v'zat Hashem. The reason why I think it's a good idea because now that we go around here and there, one of the most popular things that I see people grow from is not necessarily like you said. It's not necessarily the classes and the 45-minute speech that uh, the rabbi gives. It's more the questions and answers afterwards. That's when they actually build up a connection with people who are listening, and that's when they actually grow with the questions and answers. And we know us Jews are very into questions and answers. As famous Jews like to ask questions. That's who we're built on. So I think there's going to be a big toilet. There's going to be a lot of learning coming out of this, and people really have questions. I hope so. And Kaiso is really looking for answers. So Bezat Hashem, should be Matziach. Thank you, David. Thank you, Yohan. Thank you, Torah, anytime. And Chazak. With the Q. Yes, with the Q. So I know starting this theme, what's the purpose of life, it would be very cliche sounding if I asked for the first question, what is the purpose of life, right? So I think rather my first question would be is, what is so important about searching for our individual purpose? And why can't it be enough just live life, you know, go to school, go to work, have a family, and just, pass, and just you know, move on, move on in life? What's, what's, the pur- what's the whole importance about finding our purpose in this life? We should so, get, like, buzzers, you know, like, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> <yeah. laughs> so you have adults. Who, do, who should, we, who should right. answer first? Well, family feud. We'll start with you, Abishit Okay, so I think that's very, very... Good question, because that's like a, you're asking a question on the question. Right. <laughs> like, why, before why I even ask the question, why should I even ask the question? So, so really, why is it so important to know what is the purpose in life? And, you know, 
and anything, if you want to be successful, there's always like, let's say in business, there's a mission statement. So you have to have a goal if you want to be successful in something. If you want to be a good husband or a good wife, you have to know that you first have to decide, I want to be a good husband, a good wife. Now, how do I achieve that goal? So in order for us to be successful in this world, not only the spiritual aspect, also the physical aspect, then we have to know to ask that question, why am I here? What is the purpose? The more that I know about something, the better that I could go about and finding, learning, understanding, and succeeding in that. So if I'm just going blank, you know, just going through life, then, oh, you're rolling the dice. Maybe you'll succeed, maybe you won't. Maybe you'll have a happy marriage, maybe you'll have a successful business, but maybe you won't. But if you try to work on it, then you have some sort of chance, a greater chance of succeeding. Okay, um, so I agree with Avi Zitrin, I agree whatever, of course I agree. By, by the way, sorry <laughs> to interrupt, most of this podcast is going to be affirmations, I'm going to try to challenge obviously, but more or less we're, we're, we're engaging in the truth, so a lot of the things are going to overlap, but still we should find the, the overall uh, differentiation, the overall reason why we're going to um, pr- pursue these, these answers, so go ahead. Okay, so just to recap the question, the question is why is it even worth it for a person to consider to one to understand what life is about? Yeah. Is just to build on our position's words because a person wants to enjoy life. The number one vehicle of life, the number one drive for everybody, Jews or non-Jews, is enjoyment. Why do people go to work? They tell you to make money, but what do you need money for? To enjoy life. The ultimate goal of life is fun, 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 and enjoyment. If that's the number one drive, if a person wants to really enjoy life, it is worth looking into what is the most enjoyable thing in life. And guaranteed, whoever looks into the terror, and whoever looks into Judaism will see that the most enjoyable and funnest thing in the world is being close to Hashem, being close to HaKadosh Baruch So why should a person want to do it? Very easy answer. You want to enjoy life, you want to have fun, go for it, do your research. Right. It was a softball question, I know, I know. It's, it's going to get harder over time. Well, I feel well, like we should be having beers or like wine in our hand. We'll, we'll, no, like we'll I don't even know where to put my hands. <laughs> like, do I put it here? All right, next, next yes. show we're going to have cup holders with some whiskey glass holders and, uh, and a special beer one just for the rabbi. <laughs> that was a good question, though. That was a very good question. Thank you, thank you. I took a lot of time to brainstorm. The next question is not going to be so easy, all right? Oh, no. So the next Stretch. question is... <laughs> all right. What are the differences, if any, between finding the purpose of an individual and then finding the purpose of the collective, of a collective, of a nation, of a group, so on? Start with Abu What is the difference between finding the purpose of an individual and as a nation, as Am Yisrael? Okay, well, we know Judaism, the terror works specifically on your question. It works as a nation, and it works as an individual. There is a goal as a nation, as Am Yisrael, we all have to be here for each other. And sometimes you have to go out of your way to help each other out to reach the ultimate goal, which is, Klai Yisrael, for example, in last week's parasha, we know Noach was called the Ish Tzaddik. So the Aracham HaKadosh says, what does it mean, Ish Tzaddik, a righteous person? A Tzaddik is a person that does everything that's right, but at the end of the day, he's limited to being an ish, he's limited to being a human being that's righteous. Moshe Rabbeinu is an isha elokim, is a man of God. What's the difference between ish tzaddik and an isha elokim, a righteous person and a man of God? Ish elokim is a higher level. Why is a higher level? Because he's a human being that's not tzaddik for himself only. He's not limited. He's totally, he broke all boundaries and he's unlimited to whatever is going to spread God's name in the world. He's in on it, like Moshe Rabbeinu. That is called Isha Elohim. It's a very high level. The whatever is going to spread Hashem's name in the world, whatever Kiddush Hashem it's going to be, if it needs to be done, Moshe Rabbeinu says, I'll do it. So much that we know Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't even enter Eretz Yisrael. He begged Hashem to enter Israel. And Hashem told him no. So one of the reasons is because Hashem told him for the ultimate goal of spreading Kiddush Hashem in the world, for the ultimate goal, which is a very high level, better for you not to enter Eretz Yisrael. And that's what happened. Moshe Rabbeinu did not enter Israel because he was a man of God. His goal was to spread Hashem's name, whatever it took, even if it means he was going to lose out from it. So as a nation, yes, it's very important to look what our goal is as a nation together to help one another. As an individual, it's a very important question because sometimes a person can lose out if he looks at other people, if they're growing higher than him in spirituality or they're doing, if they're doing better than him, if they learn better than him, if they daven, if they keep kosher better than him, then he's going to feel let down. It's going to ruin his motive to keep on going. But that's wrong. person has to understand that Hashem has his own bank account with every individual. At the same time, if he looks at people that are doing less better than him, he's going to feel that he's already at top of the world. It can also be a mistake. Because if you're capable of more, a person has to reach his potential in life. So it's very important to see what the goal is as a nation. And at the same time, every individual is a whole world that Hashem has his expectations with him.
I agree 100%. I, I like, I agree. Though I would actually like to take that and like put it on a different path, like to build right on that. For example, like even though we're it's two dis- distinct, you know, I guess sections are the self and then the cloud. But at the same point in time, it's also correlated. So everything that Rabbi Rahimi just said, and then, and then this. <laughs> so what's coming up is that, let's say you look, for example, as Moshe Rabbeinu. So Moshe Rabbeinu prayed so much that he couldn't go, that he wanted to go to Eretz Yisrael. What did God tell him? God told him, Rav Lach, there's enough for you. So the question is, what does that mean, Rav Lach, there's enough for you? The, you know, when you, when you want to go and you want to do one mitzvah, that one mitzvah is worth so much that every single thing that you do is worth billions and billions of spiritual worlds. So why is HaKadosh Baruch Hu going to Moshe Rabbeinu and saying, Moshe Rabbeinu, you have enough, Rav Lach, you have plenty enough. Why is it? It should be like, no, every single mitzvah is worth something. And the answer is, Rav Lach is because you are the Rav. You are the rabbi of all Klal Yisrael. And when you, when you get other people to do something, let's say to learn more Torah, to do better mitzvot, so you get part of that reward. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, Rav Lach, you're the rabbi, you're getting all the reward. Yes, you want to go in, but when you have the ability to do something, when you don't have the, the ability to do something, but you want to do something, it counts as if you got it. And they are the reason that you're doing it. So really, the Klal and the, the, the Yachid is really one and all, because we are all one together. And when we work together, there is, no, there is a distinct entity, and there's also the Klal in itself. So it's sort of a, a uh, when you build yourself up enough to become part of the cloud, then you get reward of the cloud, if I can say that. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit of a... What would you consider more of a priority for, let's say, let's say the average person who's just getting by in life, or even somebody who's seeking the truth, what would you say is, should be his main focus in, in his life? To, to first seek, seek purpose within himself, or to go out and, and encourage the community and do outreach and... And, and, and go network with people just to be part of a larger community and with that he'll find his own purpose what, what would you think? wow very controversial question yeah I, <laughs> it's, it's controversial but, it's, uh, but what, what, would you, what would be the, the bigger priority? I'm going to give it to a resistant to answer first I would <laughs> say I, I would really depend on the individual but you also have to realize that you can't start helping other people if you didn't help yourself. You don't know where you are, who are you, where are you going. You know, you know, you're, if you're lost, then how can you help other people that are also lost? But that's not to say that once you start on a path, you shouldn't help other people come along in the path. There are so many people that have done so much amazing good, whether it's in Kirov, spreading Torah, like Shas, it doesn't matter, Daf Yomi, so much that they themselves do not have the ability to sit in a class. They themselves do not have the ability to learn Daf Yomi, but they're able to go and you know, influence other people. So I believe that it, it really depends on the individual, but it should be that even if you start, as once you find the space, just start helping other people around with whatever you have the ability to, to do. Obviously, if you're a beginner, you should definitely do it under the guidance of a rabbi or a mentor or somebody that could go and guide you to so make sure that you're not, you know, dipping your hands in the wrong places. But... Um, I think it's it, the, the bottom line. It's pretty an individual. So you think it's an individual? Individual, but I, that's if I could make a, you know, characterization of uh, I, that's how I would characterize it. Wait, what do you think? It's a teater and he's right. It really depends on who's asking the question. It really depends how old he is, what he accomplished in life already, because it's very dangerous for young people to go out and try to do communion work and they're losing out from it. It's a very, very dangerous thing because ultimately the only way you can really influence other people and help out Jews is when you're already are packed with Torah and Yerat Shemaim and fear of Hashem and you have a mass knowledge of Torah. And Chazal compare it to an overflowing cup. If you want the cup to overflow and spill and other things, the cup has to be overflowing with the drink that it is. Mm. If you want to overflow your influence, the good influence to other people, the individual himself himself has to be full of Torah and Yerat Shemaim. So of course it's the individual. Usually when youngsters ask, of course it's the individual. But I would like to answer that even if it's for the individual. Even if a person wants to be selfish, I want to think about myself, I want to get close to Hashem. I feel very stronger position. Tell me if you agree. Part of wanting to get close to Hashem, there's no question. Part of becoming a tzaddik for yourself is the ratzon, the will to help other Jews out. I don't see it two ways. That's what I want to answer there. I don't see it two ways. A person who wants to be a tzaddik, if you truly love Hashem to that level, part of it is becoming a community activists, as they call it, to try to bring as many Jews back as possible to Hashem. So to answer your question, it's not two separate things. Ultimately, ultimately, if a person has the Ranish Kafot and he truly believes in Hashem, he's up to that level, it's for the individual. But the individual is the cloud. Thinking about yourself means thinking about other people. I hear that. It's an interesting analogy you mentioned in the beginning, 
where he said that the water has to be overflown first. So I just, it just came up with a thought that in order, like, sooner or later the water is going to run out. It's not going to be able to overflow. So it needs that constant faucet to, to carry out the water to continue with the flow. So it's, it's definitely, I, it's, I hear why the controversy comes up in, in terms of what, what to prioritize in a person's life. So it does, definitely does come down to the individual. He has to weigh it with his, within his own uh, means. So could you give us an example of a certain mindset that a person should have on a, daily ba- on a consistent basis, on a daily basis, of, of how to live a life of purpose because I know sometimes people they, they find that purpose but they move on from it let's say they achieve it they thought that this was it and then they found something else or like, what is, what is the, the overall mindset someone should have on a day-to-day basis of how to find purpose and how to, how to maintain that purpose throughout their life are you asking purpose in like in their own or helping other people let's say in their, in their own individual life because we did, we did bring up two different categories of the individual and the collective the nation but let's focus on the person and the individual. Not everybody is, can, can put themselves in a position to do cure of work and go out there and do outreach. That's understandable. So that's why it would come down to the individual. But let's say just, just, just for the person himself, how to live a, a life of constant purpose, that feeling of constant purpose. You want to take this one or should I? You go, go, you go first. I've been like doing first. It's, it's a switch yeah. off. We'll do both. I, 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 yeah, I don't <laughs> mind. But I... I'll go first. Okay. okay um, go so you're asking, how does a person remind himself that he has a purpose? It's really, okay, that's the million dollar question. You know, a person can learn Torah, learn Torah, learn Torah, but how does he apply it in the mindset? How does he take it home with him? You know, we could go to school three times a day and learn Torah a big chunk of our lives, but to take it home with you and act upon it. That's why laws in Hebrew are called halachot. Halachot is milashon halichat, to walk. The point of the Torah is to walk with the Torah. So take it home with you when you go to work or at home. The point of the Torah is to live, to live with the Torah. A person who's at work can make so much kiddush Hashem. Let's see. He has co-workers that are not religious yet or non-Jews. Does it make a difference? If he is about to drink a cup of coffee and he makes a shehakol, the bracha, very loud, and others answer amen, he was just over the shem. When he doesn't steal, when he wears the yarmulke, when he's honest, and he davens in his business all the time, a person has opportunities to serve Hashem. So I think the way a person will remind himself to always stick on purpose is not to fall for this mindset that Hashem only exists in the synagogues in the shul. Hashem exists wherever you are, and you are a soldier of Hashem, specifically outside of the synagogue. You're supposed to take Hashem with you, the Torah with you, and live by it, and introduce to the world the concept that I am a son and daughter of Hashem. And when you know that Hashem is outside of the shul, when you keep in your mind yourself that, then you're not going to forget the purpose that you have. Beautiful answer. Is it true? <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, so, I definitely agree with that. I... I would also add that there, a person should have a purpose, which is just their general, you know, living the life of the Torah and the mitzvot and following the way that, that we ought to. But something I think that would give that little extra is to find, everyone has this like this special mitzvah that they have. That result tells us that if you want to know what the, your purpose in this world, so you can look at it on two flip sides. What is the most difficult thing for you to do? That's what you need to focus on. And what's the most pleasurable? Like, what do you enjoy the most? Which mitzvah do you connect to the most? So some people, for example, the mitzvah that they connect to is tzitzit. And they go, besides worrying about themselves, they go and they, they organize, you know, events. And they give out tzitzit. They go over here. Other people are spreading Torah. So they're going and they're recording and they're, pu- and they're pu- You have to find something that you're passionate about. And that, I think, builds off... A, a purpose much more than just a general purpose. A general purpose of me just living the life, going through the 613 mitzvot, even though most of them are not applicable nowadays because we don't have the beta mitzvot, so we're going to go as much as I can. That's good, and that's very, no, I shouldn't say good, that's excellent. But if you want to live your life of like a, a true, like an extra purpose, something that will give you that drive, is find something that you're very passionate about and take that all the way. And I, I hope that people realize this, that no matter what you find passion with, you will find in the beginning it will be very passionate and then it will sort of plateau and then you have again a dips and lows. It's going to get difficult. It doesn't mean that you're not passionate about it and you don't enjoy it anymore. Sometimes you just have to plow through those difficult times and keep on doing that and that should be your purpose that when you get after 120, let's take a step back. When you're on your deathbed, you can realize, you know what? This was my thing. My thing was tzitzit. My thing was spreading Torah. My thing was going and learning every single day X, Y, and Z. So you, you kind of poured into the, the next question which was, what does a person do once he hits that low in his life? Now he finds his purpose, right? A guy finds his purpose. He knows what he has to do in his life. He feels that mitzvah or that, or that special calling. But let's say he falls. Let's say he gets knocked down from whatever circumstance in his life, whether it be negative, uh, 
energy from other people around him, from his environment, or whether just just his own mindset where he doesn't feel like it's sitting right with him. What is a per- how does a person go about that that feeling and overcome it to eventually get back on that consistency level? I think it's a response. Uh, okay, so response should I take that? Okay. Can I just say one more thing from the last yeah. question? Do you mind the, is go, the ahead, yeah, go ahead. Right? Um, it, isn't that the purpose of, to, to answer your question, the question was, how does a person remind himself that he has a purpose in oh. life? Oh. <laughs> right? That is the point of tzitzit. Right. Yeah. The whole point yeah. of, like you said, the whole point of tzitzit is exactly to answer that question. Right, right. To remind us of what your purpose is, and mezuzah, and wearing yarmulke. Tzitzit is the ultimate reason that we, we hope. We hope that's the, that's the reminder. For many people, it, it becomes more like a, like, a, like a robotic service, where, okay, at this time I have to pray, and for this amount of time I have to put on tzitzit, and this amount of time I have to keep Shabbat. It becomes like just go with whatever you're told because this is what the rules are and it's been like this for 3,000 years. I like that. The purpose is everything's in the tzitzit. This episode is brought to you by Project Project Tzitzit. We're going to do a quick plug-in for Project Tzitzit. By the way, get your free pairs of tzitzit. That was not intended. That's right. Look at all that. Unintended. Get your tzitzit. Plug-in. Men only, please. (laughs) Right. Right. So I see your whole long. Qu- oh, you got it. Yeah, I, no, you could. Uh, well, you could go. I don't ahead. remember the question. The question is, how do you get through the lows? What, what you said, like when you did. Person, well, after a person finds his purpose, he's mm-hmm. usually on a high. He's usually on like on this level where he feels not not an actual high, but on this level, where, <laughs> just just in case, but where he feels like everything connects, everything makes sense. You know, there's no doubts in his mind, and that's like a really point a point of real happiness. Which, by the way, is next week's uh, show. Tune in for that. It's undecided, Ooh, but next week's alert. theme is probably going to be on happiness. So. Just so we know, this is like not scripted. We don't know the questions yeah. that are coming out. Yeah, All no this <laughs> magic is doing live. <laughs> right, right. No scripts. The rabbis didn't know the questions. I didn't know the, I didn't know the answers to the questions. I just thought about them. And I made sure not to tell them so that we can keep the, expo- the responses as raw and natural as possible. No, we really don't know the questions. We're not like being yeah. like... The, we don't know the answers either. I'm just kidding. Right. <laughs> <laughs> She's not, uh, right, that's her meter. <laughs> But this yeah. should be a plug-in to tell people to, if, to email in, because right, whatever right. the, the questions. The intro and the outro. Are you going to put that in? Yeah, we're going to put that in for sure. Make sure everyone knows. Questions, answers, 613 at gmail.com. That is uh, Gmail. I'm very proud of myself for finding that one. <laughs> but, <laughs> so so how, how do we overcome those lows in life? Because it's, it's very, it's very, it's, it happens to everybody. It's bound to happen at one point in everyone's life. How do we overcome so, the are, are you a Cohen, by the way? I'm not, I'm a Levy. I, I feel like you're, be, you're being given the the. I know. I get too many too I'm many a Cohen, So I, I, people always like make me go to the to the washing station first. I'm like, you know, that's not necessary, right? <laughs> you know, no, like, it's good. Keep it. So the it's been in the field for how long? You've been doing this, by the way. And I've been here uh, doing this for what time is it now? Um, <laughs> I don't know, eleven uh, years maybe, ten, eleven years. Wow. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, something like that. So anyway, so um, the lows, first of all, it happens to everybody. So I like that you mentioned that. Some people say, like, what happens if that happens? It happens to everybody. It's when it's going to happen. How do you go through it? So it's, it really depends on what you're going through. But if you want a universal answer, I think Emuna. I think Emuna is what takes you. And part of Emuna, this really goes into... Like back for, for to those the, who aren't uh, familiar with the Hebrew terms. Which oh, emuna, um, faith. faith, faith in God, <laughs> faith that every. It's more than that. That everything happens in your life happens because God orchestrated it. Now we're not talking about neglect. You know, people that go and they drink and then they drive and they get into accidents. They're like, why does God hate me? Like, no, you're you're a fool. You know, like you're. That's negligence. It's your fault. So stop blaming God for all your problems. But at at the broader spectrum, when anything that happens in our life is from God. So our law, lows is also that God put us in this situation. So Akadosh Baruch Hu put us in this situation. Now, this in itself is our purpose right here, right now. Our purpose is to go through what we're going through in our low state. Meaning that the, the whole, the, the, I guess the, the topic is what is your purpose in your life. So it's not just a purpose of like in, in your life in general. Every day you have a purpose. And how do you know what that purpose is? So if God put you in a certain situation, Hashem put you in a certain situation, that is where you need to be right here, right now. And now how are you going to deal with it? Are you going to go in a positive aspect? Are you going to go in a negative aspect? So... I guess the, the answer that I want to give is really emuna, faith, and bitachon. Okay. Okay, so to build on our position's words. Too much building here. <laughs> yeah, well, we're teamwork. Yeah, yeah. Teamwork. Oh, not yeah. the bidding. <laughs> You're guilty. <laughs> I <missing>. agree. <laughs> um, to build, okay, so like, I would say like this. From what I've been seeing is it's a huge compliment, and I really mean this. It's a huge compliment for a person to recognize in the first place that he's in a low state in his life. 
Many people don't have the zikhut, they don't have the merit to understand that they're holding a low point in life. So from the fact that somebody we even ask that question, what do I do when I'm doing bad in Judaism, I'm not doing as not bad, I'm not doing as well as I should, and I'm at a low point in my life, from the fact that a person is asking that question, he or she needs to be aware that is already a level and you're already holding on top of the world. Because unfortunately most of the world does not think like that. So that's already a compliment, that's already a step up. And to answer that, once you already asked that question, round of applause, and to answer that is... And to we'll answer, have a round of applause sound effect. <laughs> and to answer that question is, is, that is life. Life is ups and downs. There's not a tzaddik that I read about, at least, that I've seen, that didn't have ups and downs. Everybody has their ups and downs. When you're aware that life expects you sometimes to fail, that is the reality. A person should never fail, shouldn't do any averot, no sins whatsoever. But if it does happen... And unfortunately, that person doesn't have verah. It's not a reason to say, oh, I'm down, I'm stuck, how am I going to get back up? He has to be aware. That is, I can say, part of the system. Part of the system is a person will do a virus, and then there's something called teshuvah, and he has to keep on growing, keep on growing, and do less of what lessons and lessons as possible. So when a person is holding in a low point of his life, the reason, why, the reason he can get up is because you should get up because that is a system. You go up and you go down. Now you go up. You went down, now you go up. So it's not a reason to, you know, like I just read from a, a big mashkiach who just passed away. He says, it was a Shlomo Hoffman. He says, people ask the question wrong. They ask, how do you beat the Yitzhah? How do you beat the, how do you say in English, the evil, that big word, inclination. He says, how do you beat the evil inclination? He says, you, don't, you never beat the Yitzhah. You will never beat it. Sadiqim, righteous people, learn how to deal with the Yitzhah. You can never beat the Yitzhah, but you can learn how to deal with the Yitzhah. How do you deal with this thing that makes a person sin? The more you learn Torah and the more you educate yourself what Hashem is about, you will recognize that Hashem gives you the weapons how to deal with this thing called the Yitzhara. So just a quick response, um, a question on, on the answer, which all Jews have, obviously, a question on the answer. You said that a, a person should not uh, try to conquer his Yitzhara, try to destroy his Yitzhara, but uh, what about the, the, the Pasuk that says, the person should... should Seek to conquer his 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 um, his inclination. How do we go about that? How do we seek to conquer? Or is it just something something where it's like, I know it's not, I know it's not going anywhere. It's something that's going to remain with me for the rest of my life. So I just have to figure out how to constantly pull uh, use that tug of war. Is there a way we can where we can stay on top? As if to say, even if there is obviously failures, is there a way we can ultimately stay on top? What is that way? Okay, so to answer that is yeah, kovesh to take over the Sahara. There's a lot of pshat, we can go back and forth, but Allah said to make it practical, what it means is to deal with the Yetzara. To be kovesh, to take over the Yetzara is to recognize your enemy. You know, when you read the history books, one of the biggest problems was guerrilla, I think it's called guerrilla fighting, where you don't know who the enemy is. Mm-hmm. That was the problem with Israel, with Hamas until now. Before Hamas and Gaza became the official army, sorry I'm going into this, but before they became the official nation, we try to stay apolitical, but... Israel had a hard time, well it's the truth, Israel had a hard time attacking them because you don't know who was a citizen and who was a soldier. But once Hamas became a nation with an army, it's now easier for Israel to know who to attack. It's very important to recognize your enemy. So how do you beat the Yetzara? First step, how do you kovesh it? It's all when you recognize who the Yetzara is, when you recognize what good is and what evil is, what bad is, and, and what's the purpose in life, what's not the purpose in life, what's a michshol, what's going to make you trip in life. When a person knows how to recognize between bad and good, that is, in a sense, that is a way of beating the Yetzara. Because his ultimate goal the evil clinician ultimate goal is to distract you and throw smoke in your eyes or sand in your eyes for you not to recognize where he is and what's good and what's bad. And that's how he succeeds in taking a person down. So when you know who the Yetzirah is, when you already recognize the enemy, that's already taking over the Yetzirah. That's what I want to answer. The residual, do you agree a little bit? I do. I agree all. All of it. Okay. Um, uh, like the aspect of Kovesh also is like overcoming. So when you overcome something, it doesn't mean that that can overcome you. It's mm-hmm. sort of like... What is that game where you keep on doing that thing with the hands one on top of the other? Right. You know, like, right. I don't know, whatever, little kids, right? So you go, games. so even if you're on top, it doesn't mean that you're going to be on top forever. There's another hand that's going to be placed on top of you. And there's not, you, so you overcame that hand, but now there's another hand that's going to come. So even the Yetzirah has so many, fa- you know, faces. It has so many different angles. So you, you overcome one thing, then it's going to be in a, on a, you know, in another angle. But no matter where you come from, you, it, it, it's still something that it's a lifelong struggle. And it's something that you are going to have to work on it. And once you, uh, let's call it beat or overcome this area, so then you're going to overcome this area. It's, it's, it's always a, it's always going to be a struggle. The 
biggest tzaddikim would be, um, if I could say, there was once a, um, am I allowed to say stories here, like short stories? Or you should have? Short stories. Okay, right. sure. <laughs> there was once a rabbi and a priest that walked into a bar. Once no, a so king, right? Or once a king. The, the, there was a rabbi who was 86 years old. I'm going to say the short version. And blind in one eye. And he goes over to a, um, a, a, a boy, and the boy had a problem with, you know, with guarding you know, his eyes, and, and you know, in, that, in that realm of, of, uh, of, I guess, tests. And the rabbi noticed that he's going to a wedding. So he goes over to the boy, and he says, you know, this wedding that you're going to, from what I hear, it's not a modest wedding. Why are you going to it? And the boy goes and says, you know, it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't affect me. So he's like, it doesn't affect you? Right away, the rabbi takes it to Elim and starts opening up at Elim and starts praying and saying to Elim. And he's like, well, what's your name again? And he's like, you know, it's a Moshe, whatever. And he starts praying to Elim again. He says, Rabbi, what are you doing? He says, I'm davening for you. He says, why are you for me? So he goes and says, I'm 86 years old, blind in one eye, and I still have a test. You don't have a test, and yet this must be that there's something wrong with you. So let me go and pray. Meaning that even if you have the greatest rabbis, no matter where you are in life, the Yetzirah is always there. There's always going to be a test to overcome. There's something that you will have to, even if you beat it before, it's some other thing that you have to overcome. I hear that. First, I just want to say one thing. You remind me, there's a beautiful mashad that it's like this. Because at the same time, when the Yetzirah beats you, and then you beat him, and you finally overcome a certain test or desire, he comes up with another way to get you, and then you keep on climbing. But the answer is you keep on climbing. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, you keep on going higher. That's the thing, you keep on going higher. Every time the Yitzhak gets you, you keep on going higher and higher and higher. Mm-hmm. When someone is five years old, they play with toys. We look at them, adults, we look at them like, come on, what are you guys wasting your time? You know, but as we get older, you know, it's, uh, a person gets busy with other things that also make no sense. And you get older and older, you look at the you know, 50-year-olds, look at 20-year-olds like they're wasting their time. And then when someone is 50 mm-hmm. and someone's even older, 80-year-old, it's like, come on, what are you guys 50-year-old wasting your time and this? And then eventually, when a person reaches 120 and goes to Alam Abba, he's going to recognize, oh wow, how much did I waste my time on things that had no purpose. So the Yetzirah never goes away. It just changes forms from 5 years old to 50 to 80. Ultimately, Alam Abba is going to be no Yetzirah. Okay. It's always going to be around. So we established unknowingly that, uh, that the Yetzirah comes in different forms. The evil inclination can come in different forms in our life. And obviously, the better we get at life, the stronger the Yetzirah becomes. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. If not stronger, then it just at least morphs into, into whatever you became in that, in that stage of your life. So, so too, does our purpose kind of morph as we go about our life? Does that also grow? Does that also intensify or change in a certain way? Well, the, so when, you, when we say purpose, so purpose is a very broad word. So we have a, we have a, a tafkid, let's call it, right, in this world. Right. So we have a purpose in this world that... We each, everything, everyone has a different purpose, right? Um, there's a collective purpose, like we all have to follow the Torah, we have to, then there's our own purpose. So let's say one person, let's just say argumentally speaking, that his purpose is to overcome anger. So that's going to be his life, you know, long, you know, mission. And that's his purpose. So it's not going to change in a sense, maybe it'll change because he'll be angry at different things, but that's always going to be there. But when we're looking at it from a different angle of a purpose of like, what am I going to do? So it depends on your resources. So as you change it, as you morph, let's call it in life, you have different, you know, resources available to you. So then yes, then your purpose will change. So for example, 20 years ago, somebody wanted to get uh, somebody to go and, uh, uh, you know, come to a class. They would have to physically bring them to a class. Now they just send them a link. You know, you can listen to it live. You don't have to come. Sit in your comfort of your home and you're, all, you're basically in the class. Uh, you go even before that. If, we were, if, you, if somebody wanted to listen to the class, there was no recording. They had to actually physically come. So things always will morph and change and we will have to change and utilize. We basically have to capitalize on every moment that we have with the resources that we have. So yes, it, it will it will change, but the underlying goal is going to stay the same. But it's just going to change in how we're going to go achieve that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, second to build on Rabbi words, and I mean like the purpose is. I mean, to answer, the purpose is. There's only one purpose in life. It's really. It might. Say, it's not. It's really not complicating. I know the world can make it seem complicating, but the purpose is very simple. Our purpose is to get closer and closer to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, to God as much as possible. And every person has his chalik, his part in the world that Hashem designated him. That's what he put in this world to do. Whether, whether it means learning more Torah or doing more chesed, acts of kindness, whatever it is. But every person's goal is to get close to Hashem. If your eye is on the ball, which means if you focus, if you focus on getting close to Hashem, then you're going to realize that different tests come up 
You can call it different purposes. No, but it's the ultimate purpose to get close to Hashem with different tests. So the answer to that question is that the purpose is one purpose. Purposes never change. And that purpose is very simple. Getting close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But if you think too much in the long run, a person can lose the focus. Think on a day-to-day basis. Today, I want to get close to God. How do I do it? What do I do? And the next day also, how do I get close to God today? Within that day, you can have different tests to try to take you away from the purpose. But the purpose stays the same, and that is to get close like the Baruch as much as possible. So, so on, building on that, I guess, a question to build Ah, you're also building. Right. The, the, I think the whole podcast <laughs> That's it, is one... We should just call the podcast... Building. The, the building. The building. <laughs> <laughs> so, we didn't get so much into this, but let's say for the guys and the girls, right? For the guys, we know what, what more or less their ways to connect to God is. They have the mitzvot, they have their daily routines that they have to get into. And on top of that, they still have to build on, on their character constantly... What is one thing that we, that we can say applies universally to both, you know, unilaterally, I guess you can say, to both, to the men and the women, to the kids and the adults? Now, one common theme of, of what, the, what the lifelong purpose of this life. You, you mentioned that to get close to God, it's true, even for women and for men. But overall, there, there, is, there, has, to be, there has to be more to it, something more tangible to, to do that's universal. That doesn't just require to do the mitzvah, to, do, to, do, to, to learn on a constant basis. I mean, learning, obviously, but... There has, there has to be more on an emotional standpoint, on a mindset point. Is there, what do you mean? To make it practical for the women? Had to make it, I mean, I, the men learn to want to do mitzvot and daven. Right, which, beca- okay. which can become ro- robotic in a sense. Okay. Which, which we, we want to bring more flavor, as, at least, if not, if not in the actions, at least, at least in the makshavan, the, in the thought process, in the mindset of things. How can, how can we universally say, this, this is the purpose of life throughout our day? Anyway, how did it change for the further? The purpose is to get close to Hashem. Right. Why is that not enough? Because it's a lot of work. It is. Talking it's, a, it's, to Hashem, a, it's a lifetime of work. Kissing the mezuzah every time you make a bracha before you eat and after you eat. Right. Not speaking Lashon Hara. Whoa. I mean, ladies, you're looking for work? Okay, no speaking Lashon Hara. <laughs> no speaking Lashon Hara the whole day. Good luck. You know, there's a lot to do. The opportunities are great every single day. If, if we can narrow it down. If, if, for women? Uh, not, not, just, not just for women. In a universal standpoint, because everyone knows, my, everyone knows the actions that we can take. Stopping our anger, withholding from speaking Lashon Hara, not stealing from people, not cheating in business, staying honest. What, what about the mindset internally? What's so, so maybe if I could put it this, because you know, I think the class would be missed if we don't mention at least this aspect with the Vilna Gaon says. With the Vilna Gaon says, what's the purpose of you and this, of, of each and every body in the world to fix their character traits? Right. So if you want to take it on a practical level, everybody has something that maybe they could work a little bit better on, whether it's stinginess, anger, even depression, or whatever it is, there's something that we could work on our character traits to make us a better person. That is something that has to be worked on a constant basis because even if you're even if you succeeded in one aspect of, let's say, becoming a better person, because the ultimate reason, which obviously what Rabbi Rahimi said, like getting close to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's another aspect, um, which is becoming the best person that you can be, which is really the source of, the Torah is not just something that, this is going to be good for you in the next world. This is an instruction manual to help you in this world. So, if it's going to help you in this world, how is it going to help you? Everything, every class that you leave, you should take something practical out of it. So, and that is really doing both. It's really doing what Rabbi says because we're coming closer to, to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But at the same point in time, we're also becoming better people. So man and woman doesn't make any difference. There are men that are stingy, then men that are, are you know, lazy. And then there's also the same character traits with, with women. So maybe we could use it on that angle. That's something that you could take on a daily basis that, let's say, you know, you're in a lazy mood one day. So that's what you're going to do that day. Let's say you're in a down mood that way. So you're going to try to get up in an upbeat way through learning to obviously doing it. So these are things, these are tools that you have at your disposal to get where you need to get to. Okay, so thank you so much, Nahi. You helped me out, Rabbi. Now I have the question more. I'm sorry, I didn't. I think so, to make it practical, like I said before, the goal is, I know it sounds cheesy and old and boring, but the goal in life is to get close to Hashem. That is a big statement. The person reminds us on a daily basis. The goal is to get close to God as much as possible. When a person is honest with himself that that's his goal, not just saying it, but he's honest with himself to a certain level, my goal is to get close to Hashem, he will find or she will find about herself what she has to fix. Now to make it practical, um, I would say, to make it practical, talk to God. Whether a person is uh, religious, not religious, Jew, non-Jew, every person, every single day of their lives, I'm not talking about the three prayers, besides that. Or even without that, a person, let's say he's driving in the car and there's a red light, speak to God, speak to Hashem. 
You can put on those interesting headphones these days, nobody can tell, or you can wear your mask now, nobody can tell you speak it to Hashem. You walk it down the block, speak to God as much as possible. You're home alone, speak to God. The more you speak to Hashem, He's always listening. The more a person speaks to Hashem, the more he or she by themselves will recognize what they have to fix. So the goal is to get close to Hashem. And that's not easy to remind yourself that. But how do you make it practical? I would say when a person speaks to Hashem every single day, no matter where they're holding in life, you don't have to be religious to speak to God. Now, now, you speak to Hashem as much as possible. That's what I would say. I'm not sure if everybody agrees. I, I want to I'm, I'm going to give my own round of applause for that. I couldn't... Uh, wait, that's got to be longer. <laughs> Please wait one second. Enough, okay. So now I, I couldn't agree. Home <laughs> yeah. Clap at home. <laughs> I couldn't agree more because that like literally, that, that just hit the nail right on the head. 100%. When you go and you want to get close to Hashem, it has to be real to you. So you have to go and, and you, you talk to it. Even when you're davening, even when you're saying Yishmanah, say, don't just go and like you said before, like in a, in a robotic thing, change it up. Speak to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Tell him what you want. Tell him what's going on in your life. Say thank you for this. By the way, it doesn't always have to be that when you're talking to God, that it's, oh God, could I please have this and this? It could also be thank you. Thank you for this. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. It builds a relationship. You, you notice what HaKadosh Baruch Hu is giving you. You notice, you appreciate the good, then all of a sudden a relationship is building. You're getting that, that closeness. So... Excellent. I'm happy I came just, just for just that. Just to hear that part. Okay, well, it was worth uh-huh. it. See, it's worth it. It's All right, say it on. That's all I needed. <laughs> One thing I wanted to get at was, we asked what's the purpose of a person's life, right? So many times I heard the answer is to derive pleasure, right? What was the purpose? Like, we can ask the question of what was the purpose for God to create the world, for, for God to put us here, right? We're asking what our purpose is for us being on this world. What's God's reason for having us on this world? So I know I'm not going to ask you to answer for God, but what, is, what, would, what, would, what, would, what could we speculate, at least as best to our knowledge of the Torah, of why He created us and why He gave us the Torah? I forget, put aside the why He gave us the Torah, it's a whole separate question. Why did God put us in this world? You want to take this one, sir? Okay, why did God create the world? Beautiful question. I wish more people would ask that question. Everyone does. Very, seriously, a person can live 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, ask that question. You learn nature, you go on vacations, you see the whole world, mountains and huge oceans and rivers and plants, and you learn science. It's very important to ask the question, why did God do all this? Um, the answer to that is, Hashem, Hashem answers that, is Hashem is a tov emitiv. Hashem wants to do good. Really, our neshamot, our, who we are is our souls, not our bodies. Our souls and our souls and neshamot come from olam haba, from the next world, which is the world that we were there before we came to this world, olam hazeh. And we were doing just fine in that world. We were enjoying ourselves. There was no worries. There was no politics. There was no terrorists. There was no, I have to go to work to make money. Everything was going very well. So the rabbis ask, why is it that God took us out of that world where everything was going well and put us in this world where although you can enjoy yourself and have fun, but at the end of the day, life is full of challenges. Why would Hashem do that? What's the purpose of God doing that? So because God is here to be a tov because we know God is here to do good for us, obviously... He put us in this world to have even more enjoyment and even more of a relaxing life through going this world, which means we were doing good in that world. God took us out of there, put us in this world to go through a certain system that when we leave, we're going to enjoy ourselves even more in that world, to build our next world even better, to enjoy ourselves even more. So the reason why God created the world is that Tovim and TV wants to do good for the individual, he wants to do good for humanity. How do you do that? By putting us in this world and by us beating the Yetzirah, by us overcoming the test, we grow and we grow and we grow and we build on it, and that's how we're going to have an even better next world after 120. That's what I would say. Okay. I, I want to put also into that is that it's very important people think that God doesn't need us. Like some people very mistakenly think, people, so some people with, with beards even. If we can say that, yeah, right. say that, that loud. I like this. Like, that, God it's, it's true, by the way. That true. God. I get people need, saying that. Yeah. Without like, God, without mentioning any means. Like, we don't, no, we don't, we don't mention the, right, so I'm right. saying like that God needs me to do X, Y, and Z. Otherwise, God, God doesn't need you. You, you God does, you, if you're doing mitzvah, you don't go like, you happy now? <laughs> Make your day. Like, God doesn't need it. It's not for him. It's for you. Everything that you do is for you. The question is, why did God now do this? And that's what Rabbi Chimis said. In order to get, the, the answer is basically to give. Basically to give. The more that someone wants to give, 
uh, that's the 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 more that they build the the, the infrastructure that that Hakadosh Baruch Hu did in such a way that He put us in this world because He could have just given us. Like, why do we have to go over here to work on it? And the answer is because the ultimate way of the ultimate enjoyment is to earn it. It's so much more enjoyable when you earn something than when you're just given it. You don't feel good when you just like, you know, you got a handout. But if you're sitting on your private jet that you earned, it feels much better than if you someone gave you as a gift. I'm, I'm sure it's still good, but it's not as, you know, it's, it's a different level. So, Hakadosh Baruch put us in this world. He created this world for us, not for God. God didn't need it for for Him. He created it for us. And when we do something, we're doing something for us. Now, I also want to put into the um, the table out there. There are many different types of questions that are beyond our ability to fully understand. It's uh, to give an example. So let's say somebody goes and says, "Well, how do you do open heart surgery?" If you're not our cardiovascular surgeon and you don't know how to do it, you didn't go through the schooling, even though they're going to explain to you, you're going to have very minimal knowledge on it. The less that we know about something, the more, the, the less that we can understand even if we're explained it. So like questions are like, what was God before? What was God answer? There's certain questions that are beyond our ability to understand. And it's not like where people say, oh, we don't have an answer for it. It has nothing to do with that. The, the, the way that the Torah works is that everything that's practical for you in your life, there's an answer. The Torah has an answer for it. When you start going and start, you know, thinking about like why and who was God before and how, this is already delving into something that's, you know, who are you? Like how are you going to go to understand something that you can, you don't even know who you are. You want to start understanding who God is? <laughs> you know, like first figure, I guess brings it back to our, one of our first questions between the Klal and the, and the um, individual. But it's, it's, there are certain areas where as much as we can understand our tiny brain can only comprehend a certain amount. Chavot says, you can have big shots who already determine how the world is going to look like and what's going to happen and how the world is supposed to look like or how it was a million years ago. Not what they're saying already. He says, while they're talking, they're talking, they can't even tell you what's in back of them. They will have to turn yeah. around to see what's in back of them. So he says exactly your point, Rebizitron. Before you talk about how and who and a million years, first know who you are. You can't even see what's in back of you. Give right. me a break. Right. person has to know his... Tachas, his goal in this world, and that is to serve Hashem. Like you said, so, all the answers are in the Torah. There's no excuses. Exactly what to do on a daily basis. So if I may play devil's advocate, which you know I can't, I can't always agree, right? I can't always just uh, affirm everything you're saying. I just want to play out a scenario. If someone would right now put you in a maze, right, to where you have to find the end of the maze, the, the, place, that, the place where it goes out, and he tells you, if you find the end of the maze on your first try, or whatever, how many tries... Then you get the, the the millions and millions of dollars that that, that you that you get for as a reward, right? But if you don't get the maze, let's say within a certain time, or let's say you, you have too many too many uh, x outs, you're gonna you're gonna all the punishments in the world, right? I don't want to go into detail, right, about the descriptions. Would you go into that? Would you step into that maze? It's it's kind of like if I put a, put in front of you a thousand different waters to try from, and I tell you many of these waters are not gonna are not going to uh, right give you give you that nutrition. Would you would you drink from the water? Why would a person, and I, the question is, from that scenario is, why would a person want to be in a world like this where he has to go out and, and set out and achieve and accomplish his goals when he can just say, I'm comfortable where I am. I, I, why, why, should I, why should I be so ambitious in this life? Okay, so I'll try to answer. Um, beautiful question, by the way. Really beautiful question. I think the answer is like this. When you see a maze, you couldn't say it better. This world is a maze. Everybody has different ideas of what makes them happy and what's a success and what's failure. Everybody has different... They keep on having new ideas and more ideas and more ideas. But Hashem already answered that question and your question is also a Gemara. Imagine you have a helicopter, people in a helicopter on top of the maze on top so they can direct you where to go. They're telling you, move right, move left, move right. So although you're in the maze and you can't see what's in front of you, all you have is a wall. But when people, someone is on top of the helicopter and he's telling you where to go, obviously he's going to reach you to the deadline, to the checkpoint out of the maze. So... Us, we're the people inside the maze, like you said. This world is confusing. However, there's an awesome solution. There's a happy solution. And that is the Torah. The Torah was written for us as a blueprint for life. Literally a blueprint. Hashem has created the world, and He's telling you how to work and how to live in this world. And I want to say another thing. From the way you asked the question, I want to um, make sure to bring out the point that Hashem is not, Hashem is not here to get us. Hashem is not a cop, as you can say. Now, most cops are good, but I'm just saying. Hashem is not here to give you tickets. It's not, it's not what's going now on. Now that's a controversial statement. Right? <laughs> that's unbelievable. Little lies matter. Right. <laughs> no, what I mean to say is Hashem is not here to get you like he's speeding on the road. Oh, you're speeding, let me get you. That's, that's not what's going on over here. 
we're in a maze, but Hashem is not here to get us. Hashem, like the rabbi said, is here to give you more good and more good. The accomplishment is the effort. This is a very big deal when it comes to Judaism, and I wish the whole world would know this. And the Torah teaches Hashem, the creator of the world, who's the boss of the world, already told us how life works. When you put an effort into something, that's already the accomplishment. So when you're in the maze, you're asking the question because you're saying, it only counts if I reach to the end. That's not true. That's not true. It already counts when a person tries to leave the maze. When he's already turning, although he made a mistake, he thought it was going over there, he bumped into a wall. If he truly wanted to do the right thing, that's already the accomplishment. The effort is already the accomplishment. That's a very big deal when a person lives by that because it's going to give him motivation and use the ambition to keep on going because Hashem, Hashem counts the accomplishment. The effort is already the accomplishment. That's already a big deal. It's a life-changing thing when a person understands that mindset. How does that not come into contradictory with the results-driven way of humanity? Like, there's, there's a nature of humanity. Like, if you hire a contractor and he comes into the house and he, and he, he tries and tries for a month and then at the end of the month he tells you, yeah, I'm not going to get this property uh, finished. I'm in real estate, that's the way I understand it. But pay me anyway, right? Obviously, we're going to kick him out the door. So how does that not come into contradictory with the way we live our life as human nature versus the way Hashem calculates it, whereas, whereas the effort itself is the reward, is the accomplishment? That's the, the fundamental difference between the way that spiritual is, is uh, um, graded versus physical that's graded. So when you have a person that goes and takes a test, and he goes, he studies for his Gemara, and then he goes, he memorizes everything, but he, some people are very nervous, they're jittery when they get to the test. They got to the test, and he got a 14 out of 100. You know, like he really flunked the test. And he'll go to the rabbi, but like, but you don't understand, I memorized, I learned it for so many, I, you know, this is what it is, you know, you can't, you can't do, I, I can only know what you're actually showing to me, especially in, let's say, in the, in the physical world, let's say a person goes to medical school. A person can try really hard to become a doctor, but if you don't pass the test, you're not going onto that op- operating table. You're not, you know, fit to do that. The way that it works in spiritual, spiritual, the way that it, the way that it's set up is, is that the, it's not meant for you to finish. All you need to do is just start. When you have to go, when you have the ability to go and do something, then you do it. If you don't have the ability, so you do as much as you can. God grades off, off the effort. So that's why, let's say you go back to that story with the kid. The kid got a 14 on his test, but in, in the, you know, spiritual grade, he got a, a hundred thousand. Because it's the effort. You have another genius that didn't open up a Gemara, just memorized everything from the first time the rabbi heard it while he was half sleeping, doodling. He gets a hundred in this world, but the next world he gets, you know, graded differently. Right, I mean, that's the rules. In school, you never get A for effort, although I, I wished. You never get A for effort. You get D, you get F, they you tell get C. You, they tell you A for effort, right, but, but they don't really mean it. <laughs> yeah. In Hashem's world, it's, it's beautiful. That's why Judaism is so beautiful, for Jews or non-Jews. It's, it's the truth. A person gets A for effort, but a person has to be, like I said before, a person has to be really honest with himself. If a person is honest with himself, he'll be surprised. He'll be surprised how much kohot, how much abilities he has to do what's good and put more effort and more effort. Person should have sold himself short and shouldn't fool himself to compromise that he's I can't do this, it's too much for me. That's all nonsense. When a person is honest of who he is and he recognizes how much power he has to do what's good, he will put more effort and he will succeed. But the point is that the effort is already the accomplishment that I just wanted to add one more thing over Zitron, if you could just speak about that point more that you said before, that it's a very strong point that Hashem created the world for us as human beings. God does not need us. Now to play devil's advocate, whatever you call it, a lot of people will tell you, Rabbi Zitron, that, what do you mean? That's a, that's a very big insult. That's offending. You know I mean? What do you mean? I'm special. I want to feel that the whole world involves around me. So how would you answer such people? Because that's what they think. For me, the world was created. So I don't think that it would contradict the aspect that you have to do something for God. The highest level of doing something whether we like it or not, if we're honest with ourselves, is we do it for ourselves. Everything that we do, we do it for ourselves. You look at, um, you know, somebody goes and wants to do chesed. Now, why are you doing chesed? Because you care about all the poor people? Yeah, it could be. But maybe it makes you feel good. There's this high of, uh, this kindness high that they, they physically, they saw they, with dopamine levels that when you do chesed, you get, you get a little bit of a high. Or maybe you're doing it for reward, for olam haba. Now, it's a very, very high level where somebody could go and do something for absolutely no, no essence of reward. So the fact that, let's say, you're doing something and it's only for yourself, that's the human nature, that's the basic understanding of it, that God doesn't need you as, as special as you are. And really, 
I want to say that very whichever camera I'm looking at. I don't know. <laughs> looking at a ball. Okay. This. You're going to play a drill button on the camera. You are <laughs> special. You right. know, and it's not just your mother telling you this, right? Dude. Everybody, like everybody has a purpose in this world to say to, to the to the aspect that that when you are created and you are born in this world, that means that God said that this world would not be able to survive another moment without you being here. So you are very special, and you have to think that the whole world was created just for me. But the aspect of like on the broader sense that God needs you, let's take a step down a notch, right? <laughs> yes, you're very important. Yes, you're very special, and it's very, very crucial that you're here. If you sit your life wasting, you're wasting not only your life, you're wasting the whole purpose of creation. That you are very, very fundamental in it. But there's a line of where you go and how where where you I guess you could draw that that uh, that line, so to speak. Okay, so I, w- I want to play a little bit into the minds of the audience. Say say we just answered all the questions about. Finding purpose, maintaining purpose, overcoming obstacles, right? Understanding the fundamentals. What would you say to the person who is thinking practically? Okay, fine. I know my purpose is to be a good person, right? Be honest. We went over the list of things that we have to go through in life and, and, to, and to keep to that standard. What can I do that's a little bit isolating my, my own personality from the rest of the world? Like you said everyone has their own individual purpose, right? Everyone's a special being and a unique creature, a, a, unique, a unique person, a unique neshama, a soul. What would you say is some, is to somebody who's looking for his own his own purpose? I'm not, I'm not telling you to tell me what it, what the purpose is supposed to be, but rather a way to find it, a practical step on how to find it. Rabbi I'm first. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're switching things up here. We're gonna switch things up. <laughs> okay. I, okay. So uh, the Golden Vilna, um, Golden Vilna writes. It's it's tough to know what a person. We know a person is here for a mission. Every person has his own mission. But how do you, how do you find out what your mission is? So like we like we answered before on a broader level. Every individual is here to get close to Hakadosh Baruch Hu. When a person is honest with himself, like I said before, if you really want to get close to Hashem, you will find that derech. You will find the path of what you're good at. Uh, the Gol Mavina says, when it comes to beating and overcoming desires and overcoming the Yetzirah, he says where a person is falling the most in and he's struggling the most in whatever that desire is, every individual to himself, whatever that avera is. You should know that's his purpose in life to defeat specifically that desire, to overcome specifically that sin. That's in that moment? Not only that moment. Overall, if you see something is pulling him or she more than other things, you know, some people, you know, they like food more. Some people like uh, movies more. Every person has their yetzara. And he knows or she knows it's wrong. And like I said before, knowing something wrong is already a big level. It's a big step. When a person recognizes something is wrong, because when you know something is wrong, now you know they have to deal with it and overcome it. So how do you find out what your mission is in life? When the Golmavina gives you a little remez, a little hint. If you see something is hard for you to overcome, you're specifically brought in this world to beat that specific desire. So the Golmavina writes. But again, in a broader level, to make things very practical, like they say, keep it simple, silly. That's what our math teacher used to tell me in school. Keep it simple, silly. Very simple. Our goal in life is to get close to Hashem, to get close to God. That's our goal. That's it. That's it. <laughs> simple. simple. We, we could have, we could have yeah. short, long, stopped the podcast a long time ago. Just with that answer. 15 seconds. That's it. What is the purpose of life? To get closer to God. So I think uh, the rabbi wants to Yeah, I want to add just one thing on it. Uh, that, you know, if, so let's say someone's like not sure what their calling is. So this is not really like a purpose, but I'm, I'm like transferring that question a little bit, you know, to different. Like what's their calling to do? And people, some people they say, I, I may not have a calling. I couldn't care less. I'm indifferent. Or whatever. I couldn't. So I think one way to go about doing that is, is learning. The more that you learn is the more that all of a sudden you'll be like, oh, wait a minute. This is a cool, let's call it a real, cool, you know, mitzvah or something like that. I feel, I feel some sort of connection over here. Some people are very connected, like, let's say to Shemitah in Israel. Other people couldn't care less. They don't even know what it is. Like, what? Farmers are not working? How are they? You know, like, they're like, whatever. And so the more that you learn, and if you are not able to learn, you listen to lectures online, like, just just get more information. The more information that you have, then all of a sudden you have the ability to choose something or maybe get this closeness, this affinity towards something. Uh, Like when somebody, let's say, wants to take a, um, what is it called, that test to figure out what you want to do when you grow up? Multiple choices? No, uh, like uh, what? No, no, a test. Let's say you do a, you know, like, uh, you know, like what type of uh, business you oh, want to get into, career, what career you want. Yeah, never took this test. No, some people <laughs> still they're seventy five. They're still taking the test. But um, <laughs> what do I want to do when I want to grow up? And right. say, okay, so what do you like? Oh, I like working with people. 
do you like making a lot of money? Yes. Check. You know, like, <laughs> do you like going and sitting in yourself in the basement? You know, so like you, everything. So it sort of guides you until like, okay, so you'll like to be an accountant. You'll like to be a lawyer. You'll like to be a doctor. You, it sort of guides you. But how do they get the, you have to know those questions. So the Torah goes and tells and, and starts teaching you. The more information that you have, the more it'd be like, you know what? I have a strong affinity for this. I have a strong desire. My calling maybe is over here. If somebody does is not sure what their calling is, the calling should be Torah. <laughs> Learning Torah, spreading Torah, whatever it is that they could do. That's the basic, that's the, the you know, the basic. Okay, you want to branch off that, so then you have other options that you're able to go. The more that you learn, the more that you'll have the understanding of what there is. Beautiful answer. So, so I, generally, I generally take the approach of trying not to give my own opinions and theories and whatever I've learned in my life, because when you're in the presence of some people who actually understand things, keep quiet. You can ask the questions, but... But uh, I did hear one thing uh, in the past that, uh, that, that basically a, a, a person is, when a person prays in his life, he's speaking to God. He's asking things from God. He's talking about his life. But when a person learns in life, God is speaking to him. I'm sure the rabbis have heard about, heard about that before. So is there, is there something to that? Because you touched on it a little bit, that if, when a person learns, he opens up his mind and finds something that's, that, that can best, uh, best suit him. So, are you, are you suggesting that a person should continuously learn for the purpose of finding his own purpose, or is the learning itself the purpose? I think both. Can we say both? Can we say all of above? You know, like, <laughs> all the above. The answer is always Can't C. Can't go wrong with that. Um, yeah, I, I think so. It's something also very interesting that, that the more that you learn and the more that you're in tune to, like, the spiritual side of yourself, the more that you'll actually see that. You'll see, like, all of a sudden, let's say... I don't know, you're in a down state or whatever it is, and all of a sudden you're, you're opening up a sefer, or maybe you listen to a shir, you're opening up a class on Torah anytime, and the, or you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> you know, and all of a sudden you sort of like, if you're in tune to it, you'll be like, wait a minute, you could see how there are certain things that the speaker said, the sefer says, that'll be like, oh, it really affects me where I am right now. You could do that almost at any time when you're learning something, if you're very attuned to that spiritual, you have to be, your eyes have to be open in order for you to be able to see. Right. And if you open your eyes while you're learning to eye, the world is, is, is different. Right, so to, to end on the look, as before, there's not the question of the maze, Mashal parable that you use. This world is a maze. So the question is, how does a person find out what his mission is, what does he do? It's confusing. So the answer is what the Rezitian said, Torah. When the Torah is the blueprint to life, when a person connects to Torah and his level, Got to have a certain form of connection that will open up his eyes and guide him to see what his purpose in his life. But the answer to the position said is education. What the education? Learning Torah. Keep on learning Torah. Torah is like magic. Torah is magic. A person, you know, thinks I'm only going to learn Torah if I reach a certain level. I'm only going to learn Torah if I understand it 100. percent It's not true. The actual learning, the time. What I mean to say is the time spent learning Torah. That itself would already open up a person's eyes and vision of life, a different outlook in life. Like I said before, Torah is the blueprint of life. It will guide a person to find his mission and to do what's right. Okay. So, I just want to add one, one thing. I don't know how much we're going overtime. This is, this is the overtime. This is overtime? <laughs> okay, so just add one thing. Popcorn. That, yeah, whenever you go and you're learning something, there's always levels of your learning. There's learning like this, which is, by the way, this is hard to do on this couch. You know how we started off, everything was nice. At the take end. note of that, we have to get new couches. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, it, you know, so when you're sitting and you're very comfortable and you're, you're going and you're like listening to a class, you know, like sipping on your Sunday, okay, fine. So then it's a, but then when you're like, you're in it. So when you're learning, there's levels. You could be, there's two people in a, in a shield, oh, there's two people in a class, one person is a thousand times, he's zoned in. Or she zoned in. Another person is like, whatever, in the other world. You open up a Gemara, you're opening up a Sethel, so you could just read it, and sometimes you read it and be like, I have no idea what I just said. Let me read it again. And you finish it, and you're like, I have no idea. Let me go again. You're just like going through it, or you could really go through it. If you really want to open your eyes to the Torah, you have to really put all in there. Like, you zone in, the whole world is sleeping. The whole world is done. You're here, right here, right now. So you're listening to that class. There are so many answers. Both we went through so much topic. I had a good time. Absolutely. I don't know if I, I have so much so, to say. Also, it's just a shame we have to cram it down in it's, under an hour. Right, but there's so much information over here. So you have people that would be listening to this class, and they will get five, ten, fifteen percent. Then you have somebody who like literally zoned in Every and word. was able to accomplish so much. I mean, I learned. From God here. bless those people. <laughs> you know, I'm sitting next to Rabbi Achim over here. I'm learning over here. I'm sure. Again, I can't say for you. You probably know everything. But right. I'm saying I know for me it's more educational. But the more that you focus. The more that you concentrate, the more that you're attuned to what you're doing, the more that it opens up. So this is just to preempt the, the question that people might have. I learn. I don't see anything. 
I opened it. I don't know. I don't see anything. There's learning, and then there's learning. Right. And then there's learning. Get deeper in deeper. And then there's... Okay. <laughs> right. So we, we are, as you mentioned, in the overtime. I think we're going to conclude with a segue for the next week's topic, which is on happiness. We're going to come up with the right wording, right? So it's not just happiness. So I think the segue question that best we can go from this topic to the next week's topic is, is it possible to have to achieve a state of happiness without having to find your purpose? And if it's not possible, how can we align the two? And how, do, how does it both play into each other? So thank you so much, Rabbi Yaakov Rahimi, Rabbi Yeshua Zitron, for joining us. I look forward to more and more work we can do together in the future. And Batslacha in both of your projects together and individually. Thank amen, so amen. Thank you. Thank you for having us. It's really Pleasure. unbelievable. This, whatever happens with this podcast should be a tremendous success. I think it's, a, I think it's a really, really an amazing idea. So I hope that it goes off. I hope you know, we have people that go and ask the questions, make it uh, you know, more personal. And uh, I think Bezat Hashem does have a major, major impact. Amen. Amen. You know, part of the reason with this podcast is like, uh, Robbie calls me out of nowhere. I just want to give a background. We'll, we'll plug this in somewhere in the podcast, you know, if not right just now. Just leave it here. Yeah. <laughs> we can leave it right, right here, too. Robbie Aboff called me out of the blue. You have to tell people who Robbie is. Robbie Aboff. <laughs> if you guys don't know who Robbie Aboff is, <laughs> where are you? <laughs> He's one of the event coordinators of, uh, of Kazakh, of, uh, of Queens. He's, we've done tons of work together, and my work with him is only about 1% of the work that he accomplished. So I don't, I don't want to you know, give out too much of the details, but... He called me out of nowhere and said, David, this is the new idea and it has to happen. We already have a, cer- a certain uh, a, a mission to do. We have to answer people's questions. There's way too many questions out there. We just, just got to do it. And he called me and happens to be, I was strategizing a way to create a podcast for the longest time, I think since like definitely pre-pandemic, right? And I didn't know exactly how to start it because I knew once I start, it's going to have to continue and continue and continue and continue to evolve. So in that moment when he called me with that opportunity... I felt this sudden like urgency to just grab on it without even having a plan or a themes or who's going to come on, which guest, which host, how's it going to work, what's the structure, time, every, a million questions that I can ask. I just agreed to do it. And I think the biggest successes I've had in my life for sure in, in Judaism was when I just agreed to do something without even having a plan exactly of how I, I was going to see it in the, in the end. So I'm saying this in the first show. I have no idea where it's still going to go. Because there's still so many ways it's concerned. We're super professional. Over right, here. right. right. I, you know, I <laughs> try to keep swinging. it as natural as possible. But that's great. I think that's wing. a great thing. because I don't want to be too planned. Yeah. This it, is the, the idea is, is it's for the public. So it's right. whatever the public you know, would need or gain or would benefit from. So right. I think that's great. And I think it's amazing. And it, it's an inspiration that you got to go and you got to capitalize on everything that you have. When the opportunity comes knocking on your door, you got to grab it. Right. Otherwise, somebody else, right. like David, is going to snatch it away. <laughs> Right, Mr. Still, your idea. <laughs> no, I would never. But if you do have ideas, bring it forward, please. And with that, we're going to finish. We'll see you all next week. Thank you so much for joining us. Please submit your questions to questions answers 613, exactly the way it's spelled, exactly the way it's pronounced. Questions answers 613 at gmail.com, or you can WhatsApp us at 917 558 6263. Once again, thank you so much for joining us, and thank have a great you. night. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you all so much for listening to this podcast. I don't know about you, but I gained a load of information. I'm still processing everything. So if you want to submit your questions for next week's podcast, the theme is going to be maintaining happiness, how to achieve happiness. Obviously, all that falls under the category. And you've heard the segue that we left off with. We're going to be hopefully answering the next, answering that question on the next show. So stay tuned for that. Once again, reach us at Questions answers 613 at gmail.com. Once again, that's questions answers 613 at gmail.com. And my WhatsApp is 917-558-6263. I cannot wait to hear your feedback and questions and comments. Please message us at any time. Thank you. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.